hour. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sure that there's been many times you've had the experience, or at least a few times, at being at someone else's mercy, uh, where they have control and you don't. But did you ever need them to have them see things your way? It can happen, of course, in all kinds of ways. Maybe, maybe you need off from work, but you're at the mercy of the boss. Or, or maybe you, you, uh, you call some credit card company because somebody's been messing around with your credit card and, and you hope that 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 credit card company sees it your way and you feel a little bit in their hands. And they don't even know you except your numbers and your social security number or, their, or your birthday or something of that sort. The government, government charges you for services that you didn't want or that you didn't think were fair. And, but when you think about contesting, you think twice about it because you just think, oh, this is just going to be in futility for me to do this. And you just don't feel it's worth it because they have the power. And it's kind of like that mentality that sometimes arises that people say, well, you know, you just can't fight, fight City Hall. Now, maybe you've had those times where it's worked out well for you and, and good for you with that's happened for you. It's happened for us too at times where we thought things were going to go down the wrong way and then it turned out the right. But, you know, it's often that you find in the public or the private sector that you feel, you see these people coming around and they, and they, they portray themselves as servants of the people. Or they portray themselves as those who are service providers. And over time, as life goes on, you find that some of these people, you get a little bit cynical, but you find that some of these people are not really seeking to be servants of yours at all. They're seeking a way, they're serving themselves to try to figure out a way to separate you from your money. And they put out that appearance to be your friend, but all they care about is figuring out a way to separate you from your cash. It seems easy to find people companies and governments that are potent and they're powerful and they can pass all kinds of laws and, and figure out all kinds of ways to remove you from your funds but it's not always easy to find somebody to find those who are supposedly there to serve you who really do care, care about you uh, beyond the money that they can extract from So thankfully, in all those kind of situations and circumstances, whether they turn out well for you or they don't turn out so great, there is, there is perspective to be gained here. So that our frustrations can be curbed, they can be mitigated, and our hearts can be set at ease. And that, of course, is, is not something that we need just when we're frustrated when we feel like we're being played, when we feel like we're at somebody's mercy, it can happen when we're lonely. It can happen when we're saddened by sin and sin's effects, when we've been victimized or when we've been uh, plagued by the temptations of evil. 
and its direction that we need there for our hearts when they're troubled. And we need to be pointed into the direction of someone, someone who's greater than, than all of these things that trouble us, frustrate us. And we need to be pointed in the direction of, of this person that we can say that loves us more than anyone else. Maybe we think we know somebody like that already. Right? That we, who loves us more than anyone. And maybe we think that way about our moms or our dads. Or maybe we think about a spouse or spouse like that. And, and I get that in, in certain ways. That is certainly a way in which we do respond and we, we give thanks to God when we can say, there's this, there's this person who really cares about me. Or maybe it's somebody else. Uh, some other friend that we know on this earth. Well, whatever we may think about such people, or maybe even creatures. Some people do that with creatures, don't they? Other creatures. At some point in our lives, we need to be able to say, as a foundation for our lives, that no one, no one loves us more and ever will like Jesus Christ does. We have an access to God through Him and no other way. And if we know Him as that access, then we have to come to the conclusion that there cannot be anyone else who can love us more than Christ does. And the amount that He loves us goes beyond comparison. As the Father loves me, so do I love you. There is power in this world and there is love in this world. But while there is that power in this world and there is love in this world, no one is more powerful and more loving than Jesus Christ. And that's exactly the kind of person that we need. And that's exactly what we need to be able to say is true for us. Only then will our hearts truly know the peace of which Jesus Christ speaks when he says to us, don't let your hearts be troubled. Jesus Christ says our only access to the Father is the one who loves us more than mere humans and certainly loves us more than mere creatures. It's good to know that in the everyday practicality of life, there are certainly going to be those in our lives who are not going, that while there are going to be those in our lives who aren't going to love us or may even indeed hate us, it's good to know that there is this one that when other helpers fail and comforts flee, is the one who will never fail us. Jesus Christ would say in another passage, not far from our John passage, that no greater love does one have than then to lay down his life for his friends. And our passage in Romans 5 reminds us that for a good man, one might possibly dare to die. But that God showed his love for us in this, that while we were yet, his enemy, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
Christ didn't die for his people because they were so wonderful. He died to save and make them new. And in doing so, what he did was he showed how wonderful he is. That no one else in all the world and no one else at any time has shown, can show, will show, does show, nobody shows love for us more than he did and continues to do. It's very easy to lose sight of that when we're lonely, when our hearts are troubled, when we're frustrated, when we're saddened. But it's always good to hear again that nobody loves us more. I mean, in our past, in our sermon tonight, we're looking at this thought that nobody loves us more, that nobody has more power, that nobody will be heard sooner. We're looking at this important element that we always have to go back to, don't we? That nobody loves us more. It's easy to lose sight of that when, when our bodies don't want to do what they used to do or they don't work like we would like them to work. And It can be easy to lose sight of that when people sadden us, when they disappoint us. And when we know that people don't like us, or people would just as soon leave us be. The good news is not necessarily that our bodies are going to get better in this life, or that people are going to, aren't going to try to pilfer us from our money, or that people will suddenly change their attitude about us. It could happen. But that's not the gospel, is it? The gospel is when we can say in faith that no one in all of heaven and earth loves us more than Jesus Christ does. And for some reason, oh, we know it, of course, it's a, it's a sinful reason, it's depravity, but that truth has been masked and sought to be suppressed over history where people are were convinced that such was the farthest from the truth. Christ's deep love was masked by the power and, and, and majesty that surrounded him. Our confession speaks towards that. That Christ was just too great to be consulted. It's kind of like what, a little bit about like what we saw this morning, right? Where it's just, I'm a sinner, you're too august, you're, you're too much for me, Christ. You're too great for me to whom I can go. You're too great to be consulted. One needed others to come to whom I could go in prayer. And so you, you get a patron saint system that is as big as a telephone book that comes into play. And so you can pray to all these other saints of old, no matter what nationality you might be, or vocation you have, or residence that you take up, and you pray through them because they can relate to you. These are the ones that can do that a whole lot better than, than this austere, majestic, holy figure that Jesus Christ is. Really? Who can, who can sympathize with us and our needs greater than the perfect, loving Jesus Christ. Who became like his brothers in every way and yet without sin? No ulterior motives. 
No impurities. No hypocrisy. Just pure, unadulterated love and righteousness and care. It wasn't that said to us, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. How could dead saints offer more than the living Christ? How could anybody love us more than he who had no sin? Who could love us more than he who knew no sin but became sin for us? Who else could soothe a troubled soul like this one? And then our passage, really both passages, both in Romans and in John, remind us that what this one did, does, and is doing, and will do, is what only he could do. And only he wanted to, and only could do. Who else could provide an everlasting abode for us with him? Who else could both justify us by his death and save us for eternity with his everlasting life? Who could finish such a work that he began in such a loving fashion like this Savior could? I think you know that from me in the times that we've been able to spend together. I find this article to be right up there with Heidelberg Catechism question and answer one in its beauty. This mediator whom the Father has appointed between him and us ought in no wise to affright us by his majesty or cause us to seek another according to our fancy. Because there's no creature either in heaven or on earth, who loves us more than Jesus Christ. Whom can we find who loved us more than he who laid down his life for us even while we were his enemies? Not a person on this planet, and certainly not in this building tonight or this morning, can afford to go through life without being able to confess what this confession confesses at this point. Whom could we find who loves us more? Who loved us more? Who's done more for us? Who? Who is doing more for the believer? Who will do more for me than my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Who? And that's why it makes so much sense for the Savior to say to troubled hearts, don't let them be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Maybe people have done you wrong. Or have done me wrong. Or on the other hand, you might think that, that you have it pretty good, you know, with the way that people treat you. Life seems pretty shiny and bright. But either way, for your comfort and for your sense of perspective, the confession that we all need to make, that we all need to cling to, that should be most important to us is that 
nobody loves me more and can love me more than Jesus Christ because of what he's done and what he's doing and what he'll do. Nobody loves us more. Nobody has more power. There's no doubt that while he loves like no other, he is indeed prestigious and powerful. That's the way we need him to be. There may be those who love us dearly and, and whom we love for that love. But none of them holds the place in the power that Jesus does. They just don't, which, which is his so much so because of the depths of the love that has been his to express both to the Father and to his people. That's why he has all authority. All authority. And that's why, and that's why, because of the way he got his power, because of his deep love for us, that's why his power shouldn't frighten us. It shouldn't frighten those who have known his deep love. If anything, it should motivate us to come to God in praise and prayer. Because we know he is where he is because of the depths of his love, and he is where he is because he has all power. He received it because he was so loving, and unlike the powers in this world so often, to whom we look at and we say, we're at your mercy. Please don't play us. He doesn't pervert his power. He doesn't neglect his power. But he, he uses it to the consolation and the comfort and the good of those who come to God through him. And he is indeed the way and the truth and the life. And nobody comes to the Father but through him. Both because of his work on the cross, but also through his priestly intercession in heaven for his own. This, this, is, this is no reason to be afraid of him. To revere him, yes. Oh, to revere him, yes. But it is this authority that is the reason that we can come to him as we're called to do. Like our confession reminds us too, he's not a small high priest. He's not an inferior high priest. He's not an ordinary high priest. He's a great high priest. He's the great high priest. Which is why we may draw near to God. And so no one will be heard sooner than this one who loves like no other and is potent like no other. What other kind of intercessor would we want than with such one with such power? As one who is above all else. The one who has the name that's above every name. The one who has authority in heaven and on earth. All of it. The one who has the power of God, the Father, at his disposal as the one who sits at the right hand of God until God makes his enemies a footstool for his feet. In this life, when we talk to somebody in authority, we are at that person's mercy so often, and we never know 
completely, well, I should say it this way, oftentimes we wonder, don't we? We wonder how things are going to turn out. But when we talk to God through this authority, we have one who's on our side. We have an advocate who pleads our cause before the Father, and not just any advocate, but the one to whom the Father has entrusted all things and the only one through whom we can come to the Father. We don't have to wonder that we'll be heard. It's one thing when we have someone who says, I care for you, but they're unable. Powerless to do anything about what we need. What can I do? I see your, I see your problem. There's just not much I can do about it. It's another thing. If there are those who are powerful, but on whom we cannot rest our troubled hearts because we really don't know if they... They have any interest in our, uh, 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 with regard to our heart at all. But it's another thing completely and entirely, isn't it, when we know somebody who not only loves us more than anyone else like Jesus Christ, and who's at the same time holding all power in his hand, so much so that, that, that he'd even say, if we ask of the Father in his name, it be granted to us. No one would be able to grant, guarantee that to us except somebody who has greater power than everyone and who loved us greater than anyone. That's, that's the medicine for troubled hearts that, that trust such a God and, and His Son whom He sent. The one who loves us more than all, and whose power is greater than all. We should also take note, then, that not only does he not only love us more than, nobody loves us more than he, but Jesus is loved greatly by his Father, and that's why Jesus has his Father's ear, as it were, and why can we, why we can say that when we come to God through Christ, his beloved Son, in whom he's well pleased, nobody will be heard sooner than Jesus Christ himself. Why then would we turn to others in prayer? Why? Why to Mary or, or, or any other patron saint who's died? We pray in Jesus' name, don't we? We pray in Jesus' name. We pray to the Father through the name of Jesus. You know, we don't even pray to the Father through the name of the Father. We, we pray to the Father through the name of Jesus. Who loves us so. Who has all authority. Because that's, you know, that's not just a traditional thing to do. Jesus, that's the Christian prayer. Jesus is the great intercessor. It's because of him as the beloved son of God that we're no longer condemned. It's why we can praise God as we do tonight. Why we rejoice in him like the apostle would say. 
why we can rejoice with him before the throne of grace, and why whether here or, or wherever it is that we pray, we may have access to the Father. It can only be through this only one whom we're called to say loves us more than anybody. The one who says to us, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. The one who, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. And while you're facing all that you face, it seeks to trouble your heart so deeply. I pray that you might be reminded, come to know in faith for the very first time, if that's the need. That when you have a Savior, an advocate, and an intercessor like Jesus Christ who gives you access to God and a right relationship with Him, you know someone. You know someone that loves you more than anyone ever has anyone ever will. And that's the gospel, isn't it? And I pray that that good news of that one who loves you more than anyone, who has more power than anyone, and who will be heard sooner than anyone, Jesus Christ might bring peace to your heart. Amen.